wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is William Moala. I'm the pastor of the Paravista and the Gola Seventh-day Adventist Churches in South Australia. Thank you for joining us today. And as always, this week we have a brand new theme, The Church and Creation in a Post-Biblical Era. And today we're looking at the question, does it matter whether I hold to biblical creation? So that's what we're going to be looking at for the rest of this week uh, here at Drive Time BQ&A. Does it matter whether you and I hold to a biblical creation? I just want to get the hotlines running right now. So why don't you text in with, with your phone number to, to zero four? Oh, my co-host is making me laugh. Uh, text it in to... Zero four triple eight eight zero eight eight double one. We want. We would love to hear you um, and your text messages because we, we want to know that you're listening and we want to hear that you're uh, tuning in and you're enjoying the show. So yeah, why don't you just text us? Um, does it matter whether you hold to a biblical creation? We'd love to hear your thoughts. Zero four triple eight eight zero eight eight double one. And please. Remember that number because we have a book offer as well uh, today. So today my co-host is uh, Pastor Joseph Matichic. And Pastor Joseph, as some of you regular uh, listeners will know, he serves as the secretary for the Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in South Australia. And we uh, we normally would take it uh, here on a Monday live here in Adelaide. So welcome to the studio, Joseph. <laughs> It's great to be here, Will. Yeah. Yeah, well it's good to it's good to be in the studio with you again. How was your weekend? It was uh it was a good weekend. Yes, I preached on Saturday at the Melrose Park Seventh Adventist Church. Um, Melrose Park. And um yeah, that's uh one of the churches where one of our uh fellow hosts on Drive Time, yeah. Fabiano, uh cares for that church. Yes. And um and we so were just saying this offline, mm. um uh, to our listeners out there that, yeah, Pastor Fabiano, some of you know, our regular listeners to Drive Time BQ&A, uh, he has just, they have just welcomed him and him and his lovely wife have welcomed their third child. That's right. I think she had, had just given birth just the other day, just uh, a week or so ago. Yes, that's right. So Dave. to, um, to our, uh, good friend, our colleague, our fellow Drive Time uh, host here in the studio, Pastor Fabiano. We know that you may not be listening right now because you're administering daddy duties or you're just getting a lot of rest. <laughs> Either way, we just want to praise God that um, He's welcomed a third child uh, into this uh, into the world. So, yeah, we, we're just super excited about um, Pastor Fabiano. So, you got to preach at uh, one of his churches. I got to preach at one of his churches. Wow. That's right. Yes. Okay. So lovely. Um, so. Pastor Joseph, we're going to be um, looking at this very interesting topic uh, for the rest of this week, uh, that, uh, all of our team, this idea about um, biblical creation. And the question is, does it really matter if we hold to the biblical creation? So I'm really looking forward, uh, Joseph, to our conversation today. And yeah, just want to especially just want to thank you all for listening today. And uh, yeah, please text us, let us know your thoughts on on this uh, important subject and we're going to be looking at it today and the rest of the week. Um, so what we're going to do now, we're just going to go to our World Watch segment. This is the part of the show where we look at something that's um, on the, on the, in the headlines, um, in the, in the, re, in the internet or, or, you know, across the social media platforms. And the article I'd like us to look at, uh, Joseph, it's a bit of a sobering article. You know, I looked at it and I said, yeah, it'll be, it'll be well worth uh, mentioning it today uh, here on Drive Type. So the article comes from ChristianityToday.com, uh, and uh, the article was only just a few months ago, actually, uh, actually the beginning of the year, uh, January 19th, this article came out on ChristianityToday.com, and um, the, artic- the title is The 50 Countries Where It's Hardest to Follow Jesus in 2022. Wow. Now, Joseph... Love to hear your thoughts, mate. Let me just read a few lines from the uh, article, sure. and then, uh, yeah, let's just um, have a little chat about it. So here's how it begins. It says, latest reports on Christian persecution finds Nigeria has four out of five martyrs worldwide. Wow. Yeah, that's four out of five martyrs all across the world. China has three out of five church attacks, and Afghanistan is now worse than North Korea. Now, they've got a list of 10 of the top 
most persecuted places in the world okay. to be a Christian. But let me read. A, and is Nigeria number one there? On the Nigeria list, is it? number one. And number two, China. Well, yeah, China's number two. Um, actually, no, I'm actually. <laughs> it's actually not Nigeria. I'm just looking at the article right now. So. The number one place actually is Afghanistan. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. So he, here's the top 10 just to, for our listeners out there yep. and uh, see what you think. Where it's hardest to follow uh, Jesus uh, probably should have gone from 10 countdown, but I started with one. But let me go from number 10. We'll work our way down. So number 10, India. Okay. Nine, Iran. Uh, eight, Pakistan. And then seven, Nigeria, Joseph. Okay. Uh, six is a place called um, Eritrea. I'm not okay. really sure where that is. Um, Eritrea. It's a country think in Africa. Okay, yeah. it must be in Africa. Five, Yemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, Libya. Uh, three, Somalia. And, and number two is North Korea. And then uh, number one is, is actually Afghanistan. So let, let me just read a couple of things and see, you know, see what we... What you think about it? It says Afghanistan. Um, if I go to the top here, the article, it says here. Um, it says uh, a thousand more Christians were killed for their faith last year than the year before. A thousand more Christians were detained. Six hundred more churches were attacked or close. Hmm. And Afghanistan is the new number one. According to the 2022 World Watch list or WWL, the latest annual accounting from open doors of the top 50 countries where it's most dangerous and difficult to be a Christian. And then it, there's a quote here from uh, the president of Open Doors USA, uh, David Curry said, quote, this year's findings indicate seismic changes in the persecution Landscape. I'll read a bit more, then we can have a chat on it, Joseph. It says, since Open Doors began its tally in 1992, North Korea has led the ranking. So, for a long time, since 92. But since Afghanistan's takeover by the Taliban last August, so this was going back to 2021, yes. Afghan believers have had to leave their country mm. or relocate internally. Many lost everything they had, notes the report, while house churches were closed in their wake. Mm. Um, now, it says just one more quote, and then we can have a chat on it. It says, from one evacuated Afghan um, who, who fled the country, he says, before the Taliban, it was not great, but it was good. Um, this fellow uh, requested anonymity in hopes um, that he may return to his country, but he goes on to say, quote, now Christians are living in fear in secret and totally underground. And look, there's more to the article there, but Joseph, I just thought I'd raise it today in our show, um, Afghanistan number one. You know, as I was just reading it, I, I noticed um, here in even in Adelaide, I've, there's there's especially um, you know we live kind of on the the western side towards the beach, and there's a couple of nice parks out there. Yes, and um, I've noticed there's quite um, there's quite a, a community of of Afghanistan um, uh, immigrants, refugees, yep. you yep. know, and um, could it be that, you know, they're leaving some of these their countries sure, because sure. of the, the persecution there? Yeah. So, Joseph, just share with our listeners today, because we were talking about this just before we went on air, that, you know, in some ways here in Australia, we're lucky mm. in, a, in a sense. Yeah. Like we, the very fact that you and I are doing this radio show um, just... It's proof of the fact that yep. we are able to share, we are able to talk about religious, biblical things, um, and anyone that might be tuning in, yeah, you, know, we, 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 you and I will, we can go home tonight, um, comfortable. We, we, we don't need to fear that someone is going to, uh, chase us up or look to yep. arrest us, um, and, uh, you know, potentially imprison us. We, yep. we, we simply don't face that yep. at all here, but you're right. You, you really highlighted, you know, sadly in a lot of places around the world, and we don't, Tend to really realise that we 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 kind of tend to think that this is something that happened in the dark ages yeah. where Christians were persecuted for the faith, but we forget that we have many fellow Christians, and we really ought to regularly think and pray for them and um, uh, for for the conditions that they face in in a place like Afghanistan, uh, uh, where there's a totalitarian regime. Yeah. Um, ha- that's the that, that's where it becomes really difficult to practice your your faith. Yeah. Um, where it's not allowed to have a belief system 
that goes contrary to what the what the authorities have dictated, what the state ha- has organised. So whenever you have the state that legislates a particular faith sure. system for everybody, that's when it leads to uh, persecution, when it leads to oppression, when it leads to uh, all those who think a different way, believe a different way, whose conscience d- directs them otherwise, yeah. it makes it very, very difficult for them. That's that's very true. Yeah. And, you know, we were also discussing, Joseph, how, in a sense, um, Australia, as we were saying, we live in a, a land of religious freedom that we that anyone that comes to these shores can express their religion without fear of persecution or being you know, hauled off into a holding cell simply because of your your. Uh, your your religious beliefs but you know we were saying that that maybe in australia that that tide could be slowly but subtly turning it is it yeah. certainly is william and um, th- there have been some interesting recent developments here in australia yeah. right here in australia um, in some states um, there have been um, in the last little while um, legislation passed for example, probably one of the most severe uh, laws that has been passed is, is certainly in the state of Victoria where it is actually illegal for someone to pray uh, for somebody else to try to change or suppress their sexuality wow. or, or, or gender identity. And so um, that is re- – now, it hasn't been tested yet. It's brand new. It just came into effect earlier this year, William. But um, there, are, there, are, there is this increasing um, – intolerance of people being able to speak out um, what they believe is true, particularly to to share biblical views. And um, we've heard through the media in the last little while uh, about a number of instances where people have held held strong biblical views and... uh, the the real feeling out there has been real real opposition to that, and so we're we're starting to see some some signs even in Australia here where things are starting to turn and where religious freedom is is being being diminished slowly yeah. slowly. Yeah, and and I'm reminded what obviously there's a whole theme of persecution that runs through the the, the scriptures and um, especially in the the prophetic books of, of you know of revelation it talks That's about right. some of these you know in, you know some of these scenarios but i'm just reminded what the apostle paul said to timothy as you would be aware of the passage uh, joseph in second timothy um chapter 3 and verse 12 you know the apostle paul says yes and all who desire to live godly in christ jesus will suffer persecution yes. so so we could be seeing more of that well it's definitely happening in the world already yeah. and it's just you know, it's almost a matter of time, I guess, yeah. before we see it, you know, like here in our in our very own backyard. So just wanted to raise that article, Joseph, because just to remind ourselves that uh, as Christians, when we're in other parts of the, the globe, that we have that freedom that, you know, God desires us to use that freedom, to use the time we have. You know, when Jesus came to this earth, he when he 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 spoke about the kingdom is at hand. Yeah. You know, there was always a sense of urgency, and so when I read that article, Joseph, when you when we discuss this, you know, there's people, our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world. Uh, you know, we we can't even begin to imagine like what they're going through. No. And so, you know, it just it just shows that um, we have to, as Christians, um, be be diligent with our time. And, 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 you know, as the Apostle Paul also says in Romans 13, I believe it says, he says, and knowing the time, it's high time to awake out of sleep. I think that's it's right. verse 11. So so that's the article for today from World Watch. Uh, we hope that you um, enjoyed the article out there. And, and you know, it, as believers, we need to be praying for, for uh, our brothers and sisters across the globe uh, who are who are living in these very, um, you know, uh, totalitarian governments, um, you know, North Korea, in, you know, some parts of the globe. It's, um, it, it's very disturbing. But, you know, it's, it was also, uh, it's mentioned in Scripture. And so, you know, that's, that's the dichotomy we live in in this world is that we're living in the light of the gospel. God's given us victory through Christ, but then we also realize that we're living in a broken world. And if you pick up Revelation, what does it say about the devil? He goes, it says, um, woe to the earth because the devil knows he has a short time. Yes. And so that's kind of the, the space we live in. Um, 
as we you know uh, live as believers. So, so that's our world watch. We hope that you um, took a little bit away from that. And if you're a believer and listening out there, um, yeah, pray for the, our, our brothers and sisters in these parts of the world, um, so that uh, they may. Um, that God may continue to, to guide them and give them peace and, and give them that strength to endure the trials that they're going through. So we're going to switch gears now. We're going to, um, I'm going to go to some music in just a few moments, but we would like to, uh, introduce our free book offer to our wonderful listeners out there. Our book offer for today and this week. It's a book right along the theme of what we're discussing today. And the book is titled Creation and Evolution, a thoughtful look at the evidence and it's by the author, uh, pastor, he's a preacher, and you would know him very well as well, Joseph Dwight K. Nelson. And uh, he's over there in the United States. And so the debate is heating up. Did a loving God create this earth, or are we the random products of product of millions of years of natural selection? That's what we're going to look at today. Is the Bible teaching of a literal six-day creation viable? Given the scientific evidence pointing, or supposedly scientific evidence pointing towards evolution, or can both theories be successfully blended into one? So if this is something that is of particular interest to you, why don't you text us here in the studio? The code word for this week is SA48. So that's all one word, no space between SA48, and the number is 04888. Eight zero eight double one. So one more time, text the code word here to us in the studio, SA48 uh, to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one, and you will have our friendly um, bot uh, reply to your text and uh, get your details and we'll get that uh, literature out to you as soon as possible. So um, we're going to go to some music now. Please don't go away. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A. Worthy of every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever say Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Oh, we live for you And holy there is no one like you, there is none beside you, open up my eyes in wonder and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those Every song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever breathe Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Jesus, the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever save Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you no one like you There is none beside you Open up my eyes in wonder And show me who you are And fill me with your heart And lead me in your love 
Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with myself, Will Moala, my co-host, Pastor Joseph Matichich. Pastor Joseph is the secretary for the Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in South Australia, here on Drive Time, big Q&A. If you've just joined us, our theme this week, the church and creation in a post-biblical era. And today, Joseph and I, we're looking at the question, does it matter whether I hold to biblical creation? Does it really matter? And so uh, just before the break, we just uh, gave a free book offer. We'll do another book offer in a few moments, but uh, we're going to pass the time to uh, my good friend here in the studio, Pastor Joseph. So um, Pastor Joseph, why don't you just um, yeah, kick it off for us today about this idea of, of, of creation. Is it important? And does it even matter, matter, sorry, does it really matter? whether we hold to a biblical creation or not. Mm, yeah, thank you. Well, it's it's great to be able to to share on this one um, because we're looking at something that is is really, really important, especially especially for people who um, are aware of what the Bible says. And, we'll, you know, when we look at this, we, we, we're going to be looking today, as you said there, particularly at this question, does it really matter what one believes um, uh, about biblical creation, yeah, it doesn't matter whether we actually hold to to that or not, um, and um, it's suggesting that it probably may not be as important or not. So that's what we want to have a look at. Okay, in particular, uh, does it matter if we hold to a literal six day creation as spelled out in the book of Genesis, um, especially yep. in in the first chapter of the Bible, Genesis chapter one. Right. Many people think it doesn't really matter. Well, let's see. You know, some say that in Genesis chapter 1, where it talks about God creating the world in six days. Yeah. Uh, some say that those days are not literal 24-hour periods. Right. Rather that uh, God stepped in over time. Uh, that's known as the concept of progressive creationism. Okay. So, yeah, you know, God created, but not not in literal twenty six twenty four hour days. It it was over a long period of of time. Yeah. Um, others see Genesis as an uh, essential, essentially, in a sort of a, a a poetic way, trying to describe the origin of life. So they see. The book of Genesis and the opening chapters, especially Genesis chapter one, uh, more as a as a literary literary device. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, it, it gives us like a framework. Um, it, it's been described like as a it's like the clothesline on which you hang the clothes. Um, the the clothesline is is the text of Genesis one, uh, but the clothes is is the actual. Creation, right? right, is is life, and so that we, you know, we'd say, well, the clothes are obvious. The clothes are more important than the clothes right, line, right, right. and so they're saying, 
um, you know, life itself is more important than how it's actually described that it, that, that it occurred. Uh, that's uh, known as the, a framework hypothesis. Then others maintain that God used evolution. And when we say evolution, I should sort of explain. We're looking here at the concept that evolution is this idea that life evolved from uh, very basic forms, right, to uh, more complex right. uh, life uh, forms as, as we have it today. That life evolved from these very basic forms over a long period of time and uh, that uh, sometimes is referred to also as macroevolution, right? And we have these massive changes over a long period of time. Uh, some people maintain that God used that to form life. That's that's essentially can be referred to as theistic evolution. Okay. Theistic meaning of, of God, evolution meaning that it's evolved and, and taken a long, long time. And people that hold this view, they hold it because, William, uh, science seems, and I, you know, I, I stress seems, seems to so strongly suggest that that is a plausible explanation for the origin of life. Okay. So when they read the biblical account, and in a moment I'm going to share a couple of the key, the key passages that describe how, how God created. When, when these people who hold this idea of this theistic evolution see that, read the biblical account, they see that, well, the Bible is simply telling us, uh, why God created or that, that, that it was God, but it, it's not really meant to be telling us how. Okay. So they essentially, and, and here's something that we're starting to get at here, William. What would you find here is this idea that, okay, the Bible is telling us that it was God, but science, if you like, tells us how. Right. And the how is from lesser forms to more complex forms over long periods of time, massive yeah, yeah, big, 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 gradual, gradual changes. Yeah, um, that that that's a that's an important thing to to, to note there. Um, now, why does it matter uh, what what we believe? It matters because there are different world views here. Okay. Now, what's a world view? Um, a world view essentially is a set of beliefs about the most important issues in life. Uh, the, the easiest way to think of a world view, uh, William, is to look at it as like a pair of glasses. Yeah, it's through glasses that you, you that you look at life. Yeah. You, you look at the world. You you you, you look at things, and so a, a world view is this set of beliefs about important things in life. Um, that's how we perceive. Reality. That's how we uh, look at life, and that's how we understand things, even how we understand the Bible, right? Yeah. Um, and so that that is means that how we look at it is going to affect what we ultimately think and the conclusions sure. conclusions that that we yeah. that we will reach. Um, so um, when we look at a, uh, I guess. Um, a couple of ways. Let's try to sort of illustrate this. If, if you, um, uh, probably a, a nice, easy way to look at this is uh, when we look at um, uh, you know, other cultures, wherever they have different worldviews, right? Yeah. Um, you think of particularly. Um, well, let me let me look at a little bit of some of where your perhaps some of your family of origin is. Uh, their worldview looks at the fact that. Um, uh, time, it, it's more important to to sort of be together, yeah. um, it, and not not so much that you have to be right on time, but once you are together, to have a good time, right? Right. Whereas, and, and that's that's more an, an island perspective. In the West, in the you know very much in the West, it's really critical that you are what that you're right on time. So you got these different kind of perspectives. Um, and so, a person that is that is from a different culture, for them, it's really important getting together with people and having that time. Whereas in a in a Western culture, yeah, um, they will then be very much focused on being, you know, Egypt very, very punctual or uh, organized and things like that. So that's just an illustration yeah. of, of a worldview. Now, what we're talking about here is the fact that um, when you look at something like. Um, 
what the biblical account says and th- there are a couple of different ways that this can be that th- this can be viewed and i want to suggest this there is a difference between a biblical worldview and a secular world All right. view so basically two di- two types of ways of looking at this question that's right yeah. now let, let's put it let, let's let's generalize just to make a bit of a point here as far as um, origin of life, you've got basically two worldviews, Willem. You've got the a biblical worldview, yep. which t- states that God created everything from nothing in six days, right? Sure. Then you've got the secular worldview, which says that life, what? Life evolved over long periods of time from lesser forms to, to higher Forms. Yep. Okay. Now the question is: Is it possible to be a Bible-believing Christian and at the same time hold to evolution? Well, that, now, that's, a, the, that's, there, the, that, that's the question of there, the hour, isn't it? <laughs> there, there's a curly one. Yeah, you know, there, there's a real good one for you know, for people you know, out yeah. there to, to really wrestle with. Um, let me share this, uh, and I'm going to quote this from a. Um, a scientist, Stephen Gould, one of America's most widely quoted scientists on this topic, he stated that there, there is no conflict between science and religion because they are concerned with separate matters. Okay. Indeed, he says, there is a lack of overlap between their respective domains. According to him, evolution is entirely compatible with Christian belief. Right. Now... Before we just move on or, or think, okay, that, that sounds okay, we might want to consider another quote from Gould that, su- that suggests that his approach to science is not quite as, as harmless as it, uh, in its attitude towards religion as it might first seem. In answering the question of why humans exist, he says this, I do not think that any higher answer Mm. can be given. We are the offspring of history and must establish our own paths in this most diverse and interesting of conceivable universes, one indifferent to our suffering and therefore offering, offering us maximal freedom to thrive or to fail in our own chosen way. Did you get that? Yeah. So, you know, what essentially he's saying, he's saying, oh, yes, um, there is no um, no issue between um, having a, a, a view of a scientific uh, perspective on, on evolution and being a, be, being, a, being a Christian. He says that they are two, uh, two separate things. But then when he talks about understanding uh, our purpose in, in life, or what, you know, why we're here, he, he's essentially described that he says, well, there is no, yeah. no, no higher yeah. reason. In other words, well, there is no, no, there'd be no divine being, there'd be no, there'd be no God, and we're, we're all in this, yeah. uh, just making the best of it as, as what, what we can. So that gives us a bit of a hint there, I think, William, yeah. that there are these two, two different worldviews. Mm. If you look at the worldview that, that life has just evolved, the 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 um which that, that's essentially your your secular scientific approach to it isn't it yeah then that's going to lead to very different conclusions about how sure. you view your your worth how you view your purpose here how you view, you view treat others and there i said you know the whole os- aspect about god yeah. and the truth about god's word and i think and i think that's what it boils down to because when you look at there's two basically like you said two worldviews the, the scriptures begin as you know joseph with the with genesis 1:1 yeah. in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and so that I think that's the bigger question is is this this notion of a higher being that, that exactly like intelligent design God and I think that's what you know where the this whole debate hinges on is is can there be a higher purpose uh, to the existence of this earth and you know also as, as we we're talking offline before um Joseph it, it comes down to basically uh, our presuppositions doesn't it it does. Because it, it really, your presupposition of how you come to this question, it will take you two 
vastly different roads. You believe in scientific naturalism and that's your presupposition, then you're going to go down the road of evolution. If you hold to a biblical presupposition, then that's going to take you to, you know, this biblical like uh, understanding of how the world was made. And then you take the account of Genesis very seriously. You know, God made the world and so forth. So, and, and I think maybe it would just be worthwhile uh, saying, Joseph, that to our listeners out there, there, there may, there's some that's listening that are really, um, Bible believing Christians. And there may be others listening that they, they, they may be more on the evolution side. And I think a, a good part of our conversation today, Josie, what maybe is, what could be the, the implications of, 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 you know, one way or the other? And obviously we may be a little bit biased because obviously we're Bible believing Christians. It's a Christian radio show, but, but maybe to, to kind of, kind of weigh up those two, where do those two roads lead you? And I've got a bit of a kind of um, an idea on, on the Christian road, but yeah, keep yeah keep unpacking this idea of these uh, two worldviews. Yeah, no, thank you. We'll uh, definitely will do that by by reiterating in what what you alluded to. Um, the, the Bible uh, states it very clearly, as you quoted just before Genesis chapter one verse one, the opening verse in the beginning. God created the heavens and the earth, and it states it. And then he goes on and describes uh, that in the in the rest of the chapter how God did it in six days. Yeah. The other one that I wanted to read is over in uh, Psalms, the book of Psalms, Psalms thirty three. It is, and uh, a couple of verses here. Psalms thirty three, verse six. Uh, it says this: By the word of the Lord. The heavens were made, their starry host, by the breath of his mouth. And then in verse 9 it says, For he spoke, and it came to be. Okay. He commanded, and it stood firm. So it's just really, uh, I was going to say categoric, it's very, very direct, very blunt. God spoke, and it came to be. Yeah. So you've, you've got that perspective. Then you've got the, you know, we're referring to it as the evolutionary, scientific, naturalistic, yeah. long-term, where it's it's gradually, gradually evolved, right? Mm. You, you can see yeah. that already these are two different perspectives. Mm. These are two different worldviews. Uh, one of them requires belief that God spoke and he just came to be the other one is it's been it's been it's yeah. been gradual now uh to to your question um what, what what's you know what's the implication yeah well uh, you know we, we'll really look at this because th- this is a significant imp- imp- there are there are significant implications here um let me uh just uh, mentioned though the other uh, reference that I wanted to hear in Genesis chapter one, where in verses twenty six and twenty seven the Bible says yeah. um, that the Lord God uh, created humans, male and uh, female. female yes. He created He created them in His image. image yes, you know. So it, it clearly states that God created humans. They didn't. Yeah. Yeah, you know, didn't develop from from some other species. Species, or yeah, <laughs> over time, right? So that's that's the biblical perspective. So again, we have that, if you like that that you've got that worldview, and then we've got the uh, the, the naturalistic worldview. Yes. And yeah, what we're getting at here, and and I'm going to stress this again, is that um, they are you know, two two different uh, two different worldviews. The interesting thing, though, will yep. and. Um, we're not going to elaborate on it today because I know coming up um, there's a program coming up in in you know this this week. Um, but what is fascinating is that Christians there are some Christians some people who who take scripture who, who've read the Bible who want to um, who want to connect both uh, the, the biblical view if you like with. With a a naturalistic evolutionary perspective, can you marry the two? Yeah. That's the thing, you know. Which comes to our opening question: Does it does it really matter? Yeah. And I'm going to come back after the break and actually uh, show you why it okay. really actually does matter. 
Well, thank you, um, Pastor Joseph. We just need to go to a very quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment. But we just want to offer our free book offer uh, one more time in our show today, Creation and Evolution, A Thoughtful Look at the Evidence, and that is by uh, Dwight Nelson. So if you would like a free copy of this book uh, that really unpacks some of the things we're talking about today, why don't you text us here in the studio, SA48. That's the code word, SA48, to the number 04888 One more time, that's the code word, SA48, 04888 uh, Text us that um, code word, SA48, and our friendly bots will reply to your uh, text, and uh, we'll do our best to get that literature out to you as soon as possible. Please don't go away, because uh, we'll be right back in just a moment. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A.
Gardens by Jamie Kimmett. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome back. If you've just joined us, we are looking at the theme, the church and creation in a post-biblical era. And my co-host in the studio today is Pastor Joseph Matichich. So Pastor Joseph, I know um, we just went to a break and you're really unpacking some of the biblical uh, references to this uh, this idea of creation. And so, yeah, I know you've got a bit more to share. So, so yeah, Take our listeners through um, about this idea of uh, evolution on one side, biblical creation on the other side. Walk us through that. Yeah, thank you. Because what we're wanting to understand here, William, is does it matter whether we hold to a biblical creation? Does it really no, matter that's the, that's whether, we, whether we uh, take Genesis, in particular, the, and in particular Genesis and other passages of the Bible which describe uh, God creating this world in six literal days. Does, does that really matter? Because as we were indicating a little bit earlier, some people think, well, it, it just matters. It's more important just to know that it was God, but it doesn't really matter um, some of the details right. in the text. That's that's the rub. Okay. That's the rub. That's that's where, we, where we're finding this. And I'm really looking forward to the show in a couple of days' time when we're going to really wrestle with some of the implications of this idea that, that's there that, yeah, yeah, God did it, but, you know, um, he did it using, as we now understand it, naturalistic, you know, evolutionary, right. evolutionary methods. Um, so the rub comes down to that thing, William. Does it really, do we, do we really need to take the text exactly as it is? Is it really describing, giving us an accurate account? Or is it more like a poetry? Is it more just trying to show us that, you know, God was behind it all um, and we don't need to get too concerned about the details? Well, it really does come down to the fact that if you, if you take the idea that it wasn't really as it's described, then it actually has implications how you read the rest of Scripture and understand yeah. other things. And I'm going to mention that in just a moment. Um, of course, there's the other view, and that is if you hold to a completely um, uh, naturalistic view, an evolutionary view, then God's not part of the picture at all. Yeah. Now, you would, you would understand, uh, William, even if we don't know all the intricacies of it, the 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 on- concept of evolution is actually quite widely believed, isn't it? Yeah, um, absolutely. It's really the the predominant explanation for the origin of life. Yeah. Um, and this is this has been a concept that's been around for a while. Um, people have been taught. Um, let, let me say a, a few things, just just in fairness, because yeah. here on the show we want to be respectful. Yeah, we want to be fair. We want to be respectful, and we ultimately want to see how this applies to 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 the Bible and why it's significant. So it's fair to ask this thing: Why is evolution so widely believed? Well, um, number one, um, it. The, the, some of the early uh, concepts of evolution, as was developed by Darwin, uh, was written at a time when the world was actually receptive to, to some new ideas, right? Previously, yeah. scientists had been shut down by the Christian church. You think of people like Galileo, right? Yeah. And his relationship with the Roman Catholic Church. So when Darwin began to write, there was, there was an openness to some of that stuff. Another reason why evolution has been widely believed is because um, – People have had the concept that in order, you know, it's really educated people that um, have to have a scientific understanding, which yeah. which they see doesn't match the Bible. You know, the Bible doesn't really give us a science. Well, no, the Bible does. They say the Bible does not give us a scientific explanation. If you're going to be an educated person, you can't hold that. So they right, right. they've brought this 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 distinction, if you like. Um, another reason why evolution has been widely believed is because many prefer to believe uh, that there isn't some higher being, that there isn't someone that they need to be accountable to. Mm. Because with evolution, you are your own creation. Ultimately, right. you, you, you determine for yourself. And and another thing there is that many believe in evolution because it's been taught so well for such a long time now, it's just been assumed as fact, right? Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's, that's something that there. Now, what we need to understand is as we look at this, um, why does it matter whether we hold to a biblical creation or not. Let me say this. The reason it matters is it comes down to this, William. Science offers a naturalistic explanation for the origin of life. Yeah. The Bible offers a supernatural 
okay. explanation for life. Yeah. I want to I stress that again. Yeah. So science, so science is offers a naturalistic natural. explanation. In other words, uh, what happens, what's seen, observable, to, you know, theories, uh, all that kind of stuff. And, and that really is the basis of evolution, right? It's naturalistic. Right. Nothing divine, nothing, nothing supernatural. Whereas the Bible offers us a supernatural. You have to believe that there is a divine being, God, who spoke it into, into existence. Yeah. There you come down to the two different okay. th- th- so, p- worldviews. If, if you were to look at the scientific view, you're ultimately led to see that it is a naturalistic explanation, whereas the, the biblical one is a supernatural one which allows for the miraculous, which allows for the for existence of a divine being. You see? Yeah. They, are, they are not compatible, really, at all, uh, William. Yeah. Um, scientific naturalism is the necessary presupposition to all evolutionary uh, conclusions. And so, you know, whereas a biblical worldview, it's going to lead you to a different conclusion. Okay. That's that's yeah. the key point that we want to so make in here. In some ways, Joseph, whether you believe Genesis 1 verse 1 or not is really the clincher. Yeah. If, if, if you believe the biblical account that God created the heavens and the earth and he created the world – if you don't believe that, then your presupposition is, you know, scientific naturalism, uh, evolution, the That's Big right. Bang Theory. Exactly. Um, yes. You know, uh, the world existing for millions and millions of years, just spinning around yeah. as one big cosmic accident. That's right. And it's going to keep on going. So, yep. so they're really the two paths that yeah. that that we all need to really. Um, where do we stand on it? Yeah, and 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 here here's the here what we want to land on this afternoon, yeah. and that is what's the implications? What what, what yeah. where does that ultimately lead to? Yes. Well, to, to answer that, let me say this: what you believe about uh, creation or, or origins of life will impact everything you believe about God, the Bible, sin, salvation, the gospel, you name it. Yeah. For example, um, having a secular, uh, having a naturalistic explanation for life, evol- evolutionary understanding of life, that undermines the goodness of God, because you know, the Bible tells us that when God created, it was very good. Yeah. Yet evolution requires you know, long-term years of death, disease, cruelty, and suffering. Secondly, um, a, a an evolutionary view to origin of life undermines the gospel. Okay. The reason for the death and resurrection of Jesus, the Bible tells us in Romans 5:12 and 1 Corinthians 15 and a number of other places is that the reason for the death and resurrection of Jesus, which is at the base of the the gospel of the cross, is because of the fact that what Genesis describes in Genesis chapters 1 to 3 actually occurred. The yeah. humans were perfect, and then they sinned. That, that, and so they, there's a connection. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's why Jesus had to come to die, because that's where death started. Um, the, okay. the, the next thing is it undermines the teachings about the end. The Bible teaches that in the end God will remove death. But if God created the world with death as part of it, why bother, why bother removing it? And then if you don't take as a uh, literal account the description there of creation, then you be, then you you would lead to question other accounts in the Bible, such as the flood or Israel crossing the Red Sea or even Jesus' birth and resurrection. Yeah. And and then here's the here's the here's my um, the key point that I want to leave leave with us today. Um, the, the the why does it matter? It matters because how we view what what view we hold of creation is going to impact how we view life. For example, if you hold look at evolution, then the survival of the fittest means that life does not matter. You okay. see, yeah, life doesn't matter. Uh, biblical account of creation tells us that actually life does matter. Yeah, it is extremely precious and valuable, and is sure. to be protected. And conserved. The other idea is that evolution dismisses the need to be accountable to God. Therefore, morality is not important. Sure. If I want to murder yeah. or abuse someone, who are you to tell me not to? Yeah. And so it comes down to this: um, having um, the the two different perspectives on worldview helps us understand um, this the, the, these questions. Yeah. Does my life matter question one mm. 
if you hold to the biblical worldview, uh, it, it, it makes it life does definitely matter because we came from the hands of a loving creator yes. who has meaning and purpose for us. Yes. Evolutionary view means you, you've just evolved from long ago. You don't really have an impact and not that important. Secondly, am I alone? The biblical worldview says, no, you're not. There is a God who who watches, who cares for you. Amen to that. It, it also answers, why is there suffering? It's suffering because it's answered there in the biblical record in Genesis, especially chapter 3. Amen. And it tells us that one day death will be no more. It wasn't got part of God's original plan. So, to answer, to summarize, and to, to, to bring it together, does it matter whether I hold to a biblical creation? It makes all the difference. Absolutely does yep. matter. It ultimately comes down to this. What is our authority? Is it science or is it the Word, Word of God? God? Because your worldview will lead you to a different conclusion. Wow. What what a way to end that, uh, Pastor Joseph. Thank you for really boiling it down to those two roads. <laughs> and, and to our listeners out there, I hope you really caught what Pastor Joseph was saying because that's what it boils down to. So thank you so much for sharing. I know that you could have kept going, but we're going to have to wrap it up right now. So love this conversation. Hey, for all our listeners out there, we're going to continue this conversation for the rest of the week. So it looks like our time is up for today. Please join our hosts, Gary and Don, as they seek to answer the question tomorrow, what is biblical creation? So we kind of just started the conversation. They're going to pick it up uh, in our next program. What is biblical creation? So please join our team tomorrow. But until then... We leave you with the words of Jesus Christ. Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. May God richly bless you. It's cold in here. It's a scary place, Lord. What are you doing to me? Trusting you is a difficult thing, especially when I cannot see. You know I trust in your plans, your God. I am man, but right now I don't understand. Help me, dear Lord, in this time of unknowns To keep a firm grip on your hand The candle burns, it flickers and yearns To fill four corners of this darkened room Whispers joyful light to the cruel winter's night So dark shadows will not consume, will not consume I used to fear the darkness and hear all the cold Trusting you was a difficult thing Especially when I could not see Silhouettes of the past for a future that lasts A message of your love and mercy A silent, still voice You've offered a choice To a world filled with uncertainty The candle burns It flickers and yearns To fill four corners of this darkened room Whispers joyful light To the cruel winter's night so dark shadows will not consume The candle burns, it flickers and yearns To fill four corners of this darkened room Whispers joyful light to the cruel winter's night So dark shadows will not consume
Thank you.